Welcome to the Live Up Podcast, where we revisit the movies from our youth to see if they live up. I'm Jess Latimer. And I'm Amanda Treat. Today, we're reviewing the only holiday movie that is brave enough to ask, what if Santa Claus is kind of a dick? (laughs) 1964 stop motion spectacular, Rankin Bass, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, Jess. I am dying for you to tell everyone your history with this movie. Yeah, so I have no history. Uh, <laughs> I, I think typically when we do this podcast, we will have both watched and probably loved the movies. But this is an instance where I went into this cold. I have never seen this before. And I know you have how, seen it a lot. How do you make it to our wonderful age and I never have seen this incessantly stalkerish Christmas movie that's on every single year, every single station. Just, oh my God, how have you never seen this? I don't know. My wife was super surprised too. She's like, how have you never seen this movie? Um, well, I'll go through my impressions in a bit, but I wanted to just, because this is just our second podcast, I just wanted to do a super quick review to remind folks um, what exactly we'll be doing here so and how it'll go. So I'll, <clears throat> after a quick intro about the movie in question, which by the way, we just did, So we're going to discuss and then each score on a scale of one to 10, whether the movie lives up to us now as adults and then score whether it lives up to kids now or at least the movie's intended audience. So after all that, both of us will give the movie a final yay or nay, whether it lives up or not. So we've rewatched this movie. In my case, I've watched for the first time. (laughs) I am so happy that I made you watch this. This is so funny to me. (laughs) <laughs> Am I happy about it? We're going to discuss that. <laughs> and and I know we haven't shared our full thoughts with each other, but I think we've pretty much done some spoiler alerts here. But um, <laughs> do you do you want to do a very quick synopsis of this movie that it doesn't involve just this is the reindeer song? I don't know. <laughs> sure. Uh, for anyone else who's been living under a rock like Jessica, like me for decades, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is a stop-motion movie based on the song, the famous Christmas song, uh, that starts, you know, Rudolph, he's a young reindeer, and he's got a red nose, and he's getting bullied a little bit, and then it just goes off the rails. Like, whoever made this thing is just (laughs) making stuff up as they go. Uh, There's a dentist. There's a lot of, like, Stop motion little critters running around. There's a talking snowman. There's a whole island full of like dysfunctional toys that they get. The island of misfit toys. We're going to get to that. I I actually (laughs) put a whole section in the outline. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Um, I think many of us have seen this many, many, many times as kids and adults and whether we liked it or not like it was just always there and it is I would say its heart is in the right place it's trying to tell you a story about an underdog and everyone who's a bad guy in this gets their redemption and good for them but this is just a weird weird movie that we've all just sort of accepted as like yeah okay it's Rudolph (laughs) just go with it so (laughs) It's a weird remix of the the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song, for sure. And, you know, made in the 60s. So, you know, given, but that's no excuse, I guess. Um, (laughs) Yeah. 
so much to talk about here. So much to talk. I, I mean, I guess I can tell you my first impressions as never seeing yes. it before. Oh my goodness. And then yeah. we should we should move on from there. So what the fuck would be my first impression? But <laughs> I found like I have never felt more like a gay Jew from Long Island as I did watching this movie. Cause I, I, I was like there's a there's a lot of I there words this is gay I think this is gay like showed up a lot in my notes um so we're, we'll talk about that um it, I also just like is this movie camp is this movie a quest is this even a kids movie so I think that that was that was basically those are my two headline impressions from watching it the first time and I did watch it with my two kids age 10 and 5 and oh fantastic had they seen yeah. it before or is this their you first know, time too? I think that like my daughter claimed to have, or my son had claimed to have seen it before, but I have, I think they were, I don't, there's no way. I have no idea. No idea. I mean, these characters are in like random TV commercials and they just, there's a lot of parodies of them. You could confuse the movie Elf, like the beginning of that seems like this movie, there's so many parodies of this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it, so that was my first impression. So I, <laughs> So I, I kind of I'm, really... I'm dying that I made you watch this. <laughs> I know. Such For a happy moment Amanda's for me. like, I think we need to do this movie. Um, and then she got even more excited when I had never seen it before. <laughs> She's like, oh, you're in for it. You don't know what you're walking into. This is amazing. <laughs> amazing. So you have got to tell me what paint, like 1980s Amanda treat for me with yeah. you and your siblings watching this movie. I, I gotta see, I gotta know it all. We we got a VCR in the mid 1980s, and you were able to tape things directly off a of television back then. That's what the VCR. I like did. how you explained what a VCR does. I, you know, yeah, that's awesome for our this younger is, for our younger listeners. <laughs> this is very old school technology we're talking about. It might as well be Morse code. So you could tape things off a of television, including like the commercials and everything. So we had this one tape that had all of the annual Christmas specials that they run. So I think the order of operations was we had the Mickey Christmas Carol, then we had this movie, then we had the Charlie Brown Christmas special, we had the Grinch, we had that Frosty the Snowman. I want to say there was like a live action Nutcracker ballet with Mikhail Breshnikov in there. I mean, was this the go-to though? Like, yeah. Oh, oh my God. this one tape that we taped everything onto this was an epic tape and we didn't quite know how to use the vcr because we had just gotten it and we were trying to tape rudolph and i know that like i was like fighting with my siblings so there's like big chunks that were just cut out because like we didn't hit the record button quick enough or like we were fighting over like no you're gonna hit record and play at the same time oh my god i forgot about that I, yeah right such a different <laughs> world these days we sound like two old cranks oh yeah no we're like the original like yeah computers over here um so we had a version of it from the 1980s that probably aired on like CBS, NBC, one of those channels and had questionable editing because we did part of it ourselves. But also, I think even in the mid 80s, they knew that some of the dialogue in this movie was not appropriate anymore. Like it's sexist and it's it's mean, like Santa's it's mean. I don't like I mean I thought he was like a little it was a little funny I mean it's just 
it's hilarious as an adult, but like I remember like you have this skinny, cranky Santa Claus who really, really dislikes the elves. Like he's the worst employer ever. He's just so like mean to them and like they try really hard to sing their stupid song and like and it is a stupid song he's just rolling his eyes and mrs claus is kind of elbowing him like sit up pay attention and like yeah just he, he's not having any of this like he's i think burned out on being santa claus and i noticed that as a kid it was like why is santa an asshole <laughs> mom why mom? is santa an asshole Santa's <laughs> kind of a dick what's going on here <laughs> yeah i think even my like six-year-old brain was processing like there's a lot of stuff going on with this movie and it's not all good <laughs> yeah for 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 the adults who may have like six-year-olds of their own so i definitely found myself in some of these scenes when santa is being like a total jackass or we're going to talk about all the toxic masculinity because there's a lot here there's oh, several yeah. characters oh uh, yeah um I definitely found myself being like, and that's not nice, kids. Because um, yeah. <laughs> it was a little, it was, it was a little much. I mean, some of it, I was thinking it's not even a, a parody. It went beyond making the point when, yeah. um, I guess, what, I, not to jump ahead, but when the, there's, a, there's a coach, people, if you don't remember, there's some sort of coach that coaches all the little reindeer how to fly and shit. Um and that coach is just, he's also an asshole and very shouty and probably a pedophile. That's just like totally See, And that. I didn't pick up on, like, I noticed you made some notes about him. I didn't pick up on him at all as a kid. Who was that? Comet? The reindeer? I forget which reindeer was. Whatever the coach, whoever yeah. the coach is. Yeah, he, yeah. And so my head, a lot though, that's what, like, sports coaches were like in the 80s and 90s, like, like if you go back and watch that uh the tv show yellow jackets their coach is actually like the nicest person ever compared to my soccer coach like <laughs> and the coach at the other high school across town was like sleeping with the players and, like, what like, guys co coaches in the 80s and 90s were like awful like yeah generation x and y we've been through gross, some <laughs> stuff going on there so the coach was like particularly i think both my kids were like what is this you know they're used to like when they go to sports everyone's like yay you participate because now people are <laughs> aware of like sports psychology like you don't coach people that way by just like bullying and screaming at them you actually encourage them to do good things and like yeah you know, practice this and try hard and yeah then if you nail it we'll put you in the game like this coach is an asshole but he's a very typical like early 80s sports coach in my head yeah, he kind of is. I, I mean, in some ways, <laughs> I guess he's a period piece, if you will, even though the movie was made in the Relic. 60s. But let's talk about the likable moments. And and I, it was charming. I thought it was charming, too. So that's, that's yeah. I guess that's a point in their favor. Um, yeah. So what, what other... And I know as a kid, I always liked the fact there's really no bad guys in this movie like they think there's bad guys except for the pedophile they, coach no just kidding except for the, yeah, <laughs> the pedophile soccer coach um they by the end of the movie everybody's sort of redeemed themselves and you know like the people who are being jerks and being bigoted <laughs> come around and even you know the abominable snow monster they pull his teeth out and suddenly he's a capitalist and just wants to go to work for the man um <laughs> so yeah no there's 
just a feeling of like everybody's okay at the end of this thing and I liked that as a kid to yeah. such a point I remember there was an ad campaign that we probably taped in the background of this cassette we had going for this movie and all of the other Christmas specials but the um that Flintstone cereal commercial that they used to run in the 1980s where like Barney was always stealing the cereal from Fred Flintstone I they like used to run a Christmas that. ad where the two of them would like like instead of fighting they'd turn around and be like but we could share it and I remember as a kid being like yay this commercial ended up like everybody's okay like we're just gonna be happy and friendly and like that's really the vibe of this movie is just just let everyone be happy and friendly I do like and and you know a spoiler alert for those who don't remember it does all like it's all yay and happy at the end as any Christmas movie should be um, yeah, it definitely just going along the gay theme because I could not get that out of my head. It really felt like the dad who was who it the a, elf? Was it Hermie the elf? I mean, or was it the, ra- the definitely reindeer or the elf or all of the above? Definitely Herbie. I mean, or is it Herbie? Is that his name? He, Herbie, I think. I felt like it was one of those things where you know the dad who had a problem with their gay son all of a sudden comes around and comes to the gay son's wedding like i that's how i felt like the ending scene was is every, everybody redeeming themselves for being kind of a dick I, you know yeah. still a little harsh at the beginning but yeah i just couldn't get the gayness out of my head yeah I just couldn't <laughs> i also so this is such a small thing and i i didn't mean to get to this now but it just popped in my oh. mind um so rudolph the you know the whole opening scene rudolph is donner's son so you see donner mm-hmm. his wife basically like right after birth with rudolph and he has a red nose surprise um is this because this is the long island jew part of me is this common knowledge that rudolph is donner's son like does everybody know no. this but me <laughs> this movie added that detail okay they I just, added, just want to know for all the Jews Ahmed out there. is the pedophile soccer coach. Like that wasn't part of the song either. <laughs> yeah, no, they made up a lot of stuff here. And that's, you know, we all just kind of nodded our heads and went with it. But they made it up. Yeah. I'd like to get to the characters. We've touched on some of them. Uh, yes. And then I think we could touch on some of their scenes. But because this sort of is a question I had for you, Trey. Uh, yeah. Is... Uh, so my favorite character was Yukon, the Yukon Cornelius. Is that? Yes. So Yukon Cornelius, just quick recap, everybody. Yukon Cornelius is basically the rogue, rogue, rakish guy, like mountain dude that was looking for gold. you're building him up more than he uh, deserves. <laughs> yeah. You're making him sound like Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation. <laughs> I, I thought of him more as like, he's felt like very much like Aragorn, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings. Like he, oh, he's just sort of like the, the quest way guy. Way more credit. Way more, way credit. more credit. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm going like way more credit than I need. Okay. Maybe, maybe more Val Kilmer's character in Willow. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> just to, just to not Mad Martin, a notch. Mad Martin. <laughs> But he was my favorite character because he's just and, you know, he's basically like runs into Herbie and Rudolph in the woods and helps them on this quest and adventure to basically I don't even know what their quest and adventure is for. They're just basically escaping. So he was my favorite character. And I was I think one of the only redeeming characters throughout. So what did you think of him as a kid? Like, did he resonate with you as a kid? I think it's hard to say because as a kid, I think my take on him was He's like your fun uncle. Fun uncle. At, at best, he's your fun uncle. Like he doesn't seem like a full-fledged adult in many ways. 
He's not Aragorn for you? <laughs> no, he's just running amok. Like, he's got all these dogs who don't listen to him. And, like, he's just out there wandering in the wilderness. And, um, I, like, honestly, I think my take as a kid was, like, he seems like a nice guy. But, like, if he offered you candy and he had a big white van, you don't <laughs> go with Yukon, Yukon Cornelius. Although essentially that's what happened in the movie. It is actually. He pulls them out of a glacier or whatever they stick their heads in and off they go. Off, off they the go. Iceberg. We're gonna get in go this to an island. We're gonna get in this like essentially the Arctic's version of the white van with this dude. But yeah, so like it struck me now watching it as an adult too. Like, so they all just float across some body of water and land on this island and they're dealing with the misfits they are told they can't stay on the island of misfit toys and i think yukon cracks a joke like even among misfits we're misfits or something yeah yeah he does like the thing that's not being said here is like yukon you're not allowed here either like (laughs) yeah hey creep like get get back in your van like you may still be keeping yourself in a separate space than your dentist friend and your reindeer friend here but like you're not doing any better than they are like you guys are all I would say in the same boat but you're literally on the same iceberg like (laughs) you're not living your best life Yukon yeah, Yukon. I mean I I would watch a Yukon origin story I mean I'm just saying I think I would He's he's a weird dude so if he didn't really resonate, so who were your favorite characters as a kid? Do, did you have one? Just because as a kid, I was taller than everyone else and very biased. I, I liked the Bumble Snow Monster. Like at the end, his ability <laughs> to just villain. Pick that like star on the tree and boom, look at who, what he can do. Like, yeah, you know what? A reformed Bumble. And like, wouldn't you be angry too if you were born like this Yeti in the middle of like, santa's christmas town and everyone's telling you you're like this awful thing like yeah i'd be a little he looks kind of cute though i have to say that i spent pretty much 90 of the movie thinking that he was ultimately a good guy and so did my kids yeah i mean they thought he was essentially like a giant stuffed animal yeah yeah they thought he was cute they They tell you he's scary but you're like no that looks like adorable i want to say clarice she doesn't do very much, but like she's at least very nice and kind of encouraging. Uh, pretty much does nothing the whole does movie and doesn't do anything. Clarice, I had written down as a character, but like I think there were hints of <clears throat> similar to what we talked about in, in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. There were hints of of is Clarice really gonna like get everybody's shit together? Um, and she kind of oh. does, but yeah. you know, ultimately she's just sort of a flirty reindeer. Um, I think. <laughs> She does seem to have some agency, but like, yeah, they don't give her a lot of line. And just in case folks forget, Clarice was a fellow young reindeer. She's who... the doe with the bow on her hair. <laughs> just just to make it clear that she's you're a You're going to distinguish her from the other identical does. <laughs> yeah, and she, you know, befriends Rudolph and accepts him for who he is. And she tells him that she thinks he's cute and apparently brings him to puberty and that one sentence right and i think there was a song in there but it the songs are very not memorable to me they're not great no yeah i, I do like all right i do like the burl lives songs in this movie the what it's, songs so he plays sam the snowman and he his whole christmas album is out there somewhere beyond just this movie as a narrator i 
think they made him voice over some of the most sexist lines in the whole movie, which... Oh, the MC, yeah. Yeah, and it speaks to me that they were just, like, filling some time, like, oh, we ran 30 seconds short, quick, give Sam a line over, like, the reindeer staring at each other at the cave. He's definitely billed as, like, the lead in the movie, and yeah, my wife was like, who is that guy? (laughs) I mean, he was, like, a famous folk singer, but he's also may he rest in peace he's been dead for a while like this is a very old movie very old i actually like the mc i thought i just kind of thought of him as the mc i thought he was he was part of that whole charming texture of the movie he actually struck me as dressed in a very japanese manner oh um not pick up on that in the way like the umbrellas are key but like oh that's hair and i was trying to get like a this sounds weird a full body view of him they usually showed him very close up but in japan the snowmen have only two balls like there's a body oh i guess he does kind of look like that yeah versus in america we do three ball snowman this is going off the rails i apologize for this tangent i noticed for the first time that it was like oh actually like culturally like this looks like a japanese snowman that's kind of cool but he's representing in the north pole there I don't know if you caught this as a kid or an adult watching it again, but I, at some point in the beginning of the movie, Santa, I don't know, he's he comes around to to congratulate Donner on having a new baby, which is Rudolph. And he mentions something like, okay, gotta go shine my balls. I'd be like, not, no joke. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the that. actual line. <laughs> <laughs> he shines up his jingle balls every year. Shines so. up his yeah. yeah. And then he so, bursts into song. I almost wonder if we watch this now movie, if we were like completely drunk, whether we would love it. <laughs> Maybe. I'm like alcohol or marijuana? I don't know. I don't know. The better um, sense for this film. Character. We, all right. So yeah, we're talk about, characters. Let's talk about Rudolph for a second. He's all right. Let's talk character. about Rudolph. You talk about Rudolph. A question that popped into my head for the first time ever watching this as an adult. Does he have any control over that nose? So like, uh, except that it squeaks incessantly and is super annoying. I have no idea. That noise that they... What is up with that? You think of the song. It just says he has a very shiny nose. Yeah, not squeaky. And, and if you, you know, it might even say it glows. That's all they say. There is nothing about this tinnitus sound that is coming out of his head. Like, <laughs> my mother when we were watching this movie over and over again on our VHS cassette she'd be over doing something on the other side of the room and it would bring her to a point of just rage this was the most triggering I feel like it. it was it wasn't a migraine it was like she was going full on Hulk smash after listening to us watch this movie she's not watching it with us but just hearing that oh my god noise it was terrible. Like her head explodes. So she was suddenly so angry about everything. Like she only told me later, she was like, I could not stand that. Every time you guys put that movie on, I just couldn't contain myself how like irritating it was. <laughs> I mean, because it's your appreciate that until I was an adult. Like now as an adult, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's that's the sound of like hearing loss happening. That's the sound of <laughs> It's really bad. I, it was like an unnecessary detail about his character that like, you didn't need people. You didn't need it. It was just annoying. I started wondering was, does he have any control over it? Like as a infant, newborn? No, it just happens. 
I'm wondering, is it like an erection? Is it like, <laughs> or is it something that he's like holding on to and waiting for that perfect moment? And then just like, I'm going to annoy the heck out of the person I'm talking to right now. Like, <laughs> I feel like he can't control it though, because that's the whole thing. That's what makes him an outcast. It's why he couldn't play in all the reindeer games. That's true, actually. Like, they're trying to hide from the abominable snow monster, and, like, he can't shut that thing off. Right. Erect the whole time. Erect the whole time. And just so folks forget, that's a major plot of, as once Rudolph and Herbie walk off, you know, basically run away, they are chased by the abominable snowman who apparently can find them because of Rudolph's nose. So it becomes a whole thing in the plot. I feel like a super loose part of the plot. Like, I don't even think my kids gave a shit when that was part of the plot. But yeah, that's sort of... The stakes don't feel that high. They don't. Um, I felt like Rudolph was sort of like a non-character. Maybe because I was so distracted by like how fucked up everything else was. I don't know. True. Yeah, he's really the straight man in all of this. But is he a straight man? Because I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe a metaphor for a lot Maybe. of things. Should we move on to Herbie? Yeah. Because, okay. Oh my god. We gotta talk about Herbie. We gotta talk about Herbie. Or tell Herbie. me. Tell me. Herbie. Can we start? I want to start with like the innocent kid impression of Herbie. Please tell me the innocent kid impression of him. In my head, he was always a little annoying in his like. Who is Herbie? Just tell everybody who. Oh, he is. Okay. Yes, he is a let's say disgruntled elf with blonde hair he's the only one with like a little blonde wave coming out of his elf hat um but he doesn't want to make yay sorry keep going (laughs) (laughs) i think as a kid like i want to relate to him because he's rebelling and also as an adult i really want to relate to him because haven't you ever wanted to tell a boss like i don't want to make toys anymore and like just which essentially he does to the head yeah of just yeah. you know throw your paintbrush down and jump out the window like he just did he doesn't right. die like, literally that's floor. a scene everybody in case you don't remember or yeah. doesn't <laughs> want to make toys out the he window. wants to be a dentist yeah like <laughs> get out of that toxic work environment i want to be on his side but there's something a little annoying about him and even as a kid it was like eh like he's kind of the whiny kid and yeah they definitely make him the whiny kid like he's not the cool rebel he's the uncool rebel if that's a thing yeah uh, on the edge of like maybe us instantly getting canceled in our second episode um for, <laughs> for declaring this but yeah i feel like they played i swear to god i think they played him almost like 1960s gay in a way on purpose <laughs> it's maybe. what it felt like but these yeah. are we will say these are jokes you're allowed to make i know i'm gonna make <laughs> the gay jokes uh i am not a gay boy but still yeah no he was um yeah i did find him i kind don't of think like anyone's crazy. gonna come to his defense and say he was a cool cat like he is not <laughs> he's not a cool cat he definitely is the last poor schmuck picked for whatever sport in gym class for sure a hundred percent and of all the things to aspire to he wants to be a dentist like that's really hard for a kid to sympathize with it really is it's so hard it's like the most unrelatable thing for kids i'm like what do kids hate the dentist and also as an adult i'm like the euphemism for gay here is dentist that is so bizarre (laughs) nerding out about molars and bicuspids and just no i i am not feeling him but you know all right he jumps out the window he pops up next to rudolph and they're like immediate bffs and right 
They think they even sing a little outcast song together before before meeting up my favorite character, Yukon Cornelius. Um, but yeah, so he sings a lot of sad songs. Uh, he's super bullied yeah. by the head elf, which we will get to in a toxic masculinity section. But um, I was like a little worried for her because I'm like, I, could, I was like, this is going dark. He's getting like reamed out by this like toxic male head elf. And I'm like, is he going like, to commit suicide? Like this is getting dark. <laughs> no, and I, I do feel like you've had a bad boss or you're in this co-working space where everyone around you doesn't feel like they're your work buddies and like and also they're just doing really those toys look terrible honestly like the other elves are like spinning them they're all these like wooden kind of like pathetic like you just put pieces of wood together with a nail like that's not a toy that's crap like you guys are doing low quality work there's really no reward at the end of the day here like I, I get that like a toxic workplace I totally understand that but like it's just funny to go from that to dentist I want to be a dentist they needed some sort of plot twist to get to the the pinnacle of I, I was thinking about it we're gonna jump way ahead here we are gonna jump ahead should we not jump ahead should no jump let's jump ahead jump like ahead. I think they wrote this backwards where they were like we have this abominable snow monster we need to redeem how do we do it yeah. let's say we have a guy who's got dental skills he can take out his teeth and let's say we've got a guy who's got like yukon survival skills and can hit him over the head with a rock like that we're gonna take those two things and make them how we disarm the abominable snow monster and give them to these two random characters that we've just made up that have nothing to do with this song. Right, because the abominable That's, snowman has Rudolph yeah. in, in his clutches. And at this point, I swear to God, Herbie, like, oh, what, does he do? what does he do? You know he what? pulls his teeth out. I mean, what the fuck? Yeah. That is basically what saves the day is that the aspiring gay dentist take, take, takes like this terrifying looking tool and yanks the teeth out of the abominable snowman and be a human rights violation that oh my god god i mean my kids looked at me like what on earth (laughs) is this like what is this it just was so bizarrely brutal and dark (laughs) i feel so validated that your kids thought that was a weird way to go what was a weird way to go (laughs) i feel like i rushed into this so but and we definitely skipped ahead here but what the hell was your reaction with your siblings when when herbie basically removes the teeth in a brutal way from the bottom of snowman yeah i mean i don't want to say it was relief because it wasn't it was just kind of like okay like we checked that box they solved that problem but like in a dumb way like hermy's not the hero no we weren't cheering for him and his giant pliers like come on giant pliers people I mean, they're like the size of his body, and he was so carrying bad. them around with him the whole time. Like, I think I know where this a little from? bit of a thing going on there. My kids were not having it. They were like, "What the fuck does that?" I mean, in the, they didn't say that, but they were like, "I mean, eyes wide as saucers." When they saw the teeth on the ground, they were like, "My daughter looks at me like what?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I'm sorry." We're totally ready for me, Rudolph. We're all okay. We'd accepted it. In short, I feel like Herbie had a purpose, but yeah. I don't think, um, I think it was really like, if you could pick out, this was probably the weird, he was probably the weird, had the weirdest moments in a sea yeah. of totally weird things that you could never, ever associate with happy Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer song. It was so bizarre. 
We've jumped way ahead here. Uh, we did. Should we, Ryan, we, we should go back. Assessment. I'm honestly going to be like, Rudolph's mom, Skip, she doesn't do anything. Nothing. His dad reminds me of Eric Foreman's dad on that 70s show. Yeah, he does. Voice, so his dad Donner, which was new to Jewish me. I was like, oh, Donner's son is Rudolph. I, I'm never going to get that out of my head. Yeah. I felt like Donner was also in the toxic masculinity camp. Like he immediately, as soon as Rudolph came into the world and was slightly different, was like, we have to hide it. And then when Rudolph can't hide it, he's basically like, I hate you. I mean, it was a but little bit. At the same time, he's getting a lot of crap from Santa, from his other reindeer gang, yes. whatever. So like he he knew what Rudolph was going to be up against. I'm not saying it. I'm not defending him, but I think his like toxic attitude is uh partially based on what he's experienced from the other reindeer like he knows these reindeer are awful donner just barely redeemed himself you know at the end when like basically what i you know we were saying it ends happily and donner everyone's happy about rudolph obviously because that's how the song is guys at some point you know christmas eve he was like i knew that nose would come in handy and i'm like you are just the most insecure white man it is the most insecure <laughs> but but you're a reindeer but a reindeer but a reindeer <laughs> that's just how i thought of him um well, yeah he's like every dad character from that from a certain era essentially yeah i think donner's like i'm gonna lose my job if they find out about this kid like i think he had a sense of how harsh christmas town is the only other character who i felt like was kind of redeeming and i found funny maybe more as an adult and i doubt a kid would pick up on this is mrs mrs claus i thought was kind of funny because yes. she, you know santa as we've established it, santa's a dick uh and a he, jerk. He's, he's a jerk he he's like impatient with the reindeer he's like you should be ashamed on her for having he's a kid who's different he's a bad boss the elves like yeah he doesn't stand, give a shit santa's employees honestly yeah he's and he right so but mrs claus is always like honey um look the elves are here to like sing you a song and he's like oh great and i'm like my oh, claws are you abused like do you need help give us well, a signal here's my question that night when they decide okay we're gonna use rudolph's nose to get through the fog he goes and sits down to eat something what the hell did she feed him because he pulls <laughs> out probably human size like 150 pounds in one night like is he bloated is he is having he an allergic reaction what what did she stick in his like food i don't know maybe there's a alt maybe she's like the uh, you can make an alt movie where she's the hero the whole time i mean know? i think she's secretly running the whole show but being like hey, totally yeah, the elf song is great isn't it honey and he's like, and like <laughs> the elf song is great isn't it honey <laughs> yeah sort of like a reverse stefford wife where she yeah. has him in his yeah actually you're you're totally right i totally agree i think she's running the show yeah but you know, it's sort of a non-character for my kids, but I appreciated her as an adult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So yes, queen. She's got it. She's got <laughs> it. Yeah, I would watch a I would I would watch an origin story that featured her running off with Yukon Cornelius. I think that would be fantastic. Oh my God. <laughs> so I think I think we've covered all the characters at this point. And anything uh, we, any, did we miss anybody? I mean, we we, we don't have anyone on the island of misfit toys, and we oh, do need to talk about this. Too. So the yeah, they're chased by the Bumble Snow Monster onto an iceberg and they land on the island of misfit toys. 
Yes. So that is the origin story of Misfit Island of Misfit Toys. And I was like, what the fuck is this? It's like, you know, the quest just keeps going on. Yeah. The Misfit Toys. I feel like I need some Prozac for this conversation because I thought they were the saddest. (laughs) They were the saddest group of sad sacks I've ever seen in my life. But there was... And you know they had super annoying voices, and they're like, "We're the land, of, we're the rejected toys, and we're sad, and nobody we loves us." Long we wrote about it. So the misfit toys then start going through all their flaws, and it was actually like, "Oh my god, this is like now I'm thinking about body image crap and all this stuff going on." So they're basically listing out their flaws, and we're the I'm so terrible. I have this flaw. And I'm well, like, oh my I remember god. as a kid, there's a few of them that you look at and you're thinking, "No, I want." have that as a toy like there's nothing wrong with an elephant with spots that looks kind of cool like I, I guess that's the point that like ultimately the misfit toys are not unwanted but well, so- that they, it was just so harsh to get there that my kids were like Ugh. it was definitely another moment as a parent where I'm like this is not how we treat people <laughs> so of all the things and I remember this as a kid like you've got your Charlie in the box you've got that sort of owl looking creature that swims in a fishbowl you got your cowboy on the ostrich like there's some weird things going on there but like nothing bad like just weird but there's a character called a dolly for sue did this jump out at you at all i i don't know it jumped out in that i was like what is that so there's this little rag doll and she introduces herself as a dolly for sue Mm -hmm. yeah she has her own Wikipedia section dedicated to people figuring, trying to figure out like what is wrong with this doll because she's just a dolly for Sue. Like there's nothing physically apparently wrong with her. And like, I remember as a kid thinking like that just is a doll. Like why are we part of this sad song about how weird things are? And in the Wikipedia page it breaks down that like people had theories for years and that they've basically said depression she's chronically depressed because sue didn't want to play with her anymore and like rejected her so this is a doll with mental health issues only in the characteristic rudolph way it is not very sensitively portrayed it is just this is a dolly for sue who's like crying all the time and like being like yeah it's so harsh and dark i I mean i feel like the whole misfit toys thing is is so dark it's weird dark direction where like Mm -hmm. the misfit toys it it is so mean it is like the bullying this is where all the kids who don't get picked for the dodgeball team go and and cry (laughs) that's essentially what it is and just spoiler alert santa like you know rudolph rudolph tells santa that he has to pick up the misfit toys and give them to kids and so i guess theoretically it has a happy ending just like everything else but i actually even wrote down that it felt like that happy ending for the misfit toys was almost just sort of a letdown because it was so dark to get there that it almost felt like nonsense that they would even have a happy ending like yeah, you don't see any sort of uh what happens to them they all get kind of chucked off the top of the sleigh with an umbrella like good luck. Right? Good like luck. do they Dollar end up back sleep? do they do they do they kind of like relapse into being a misfit toy later? yeah what happens if, oh my god yeah and then the fact the misfit land of misfit toys they have the moonrise king is that his name yeah very wizard of oz like sort of lion griffin thing it honestly at that point i'm like okay we've been on this quest we have this extremely dark sad group and now they have a leader there's a structure here oh, where is that going? 
<laughs> some weird mythological creature who's like, hey, Rudolph, can you tell Santa? Meanwhile, this thing can like fly anywhere around the world. Like, you go tell Santa. Don't send the reindeer back to tell Santa. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very Wizard of Oz, but, but like thrown in there. It was just because this movie was basically a, a quest on top of a Christmas song, on top of a kid's movie, on top of something else. It just, oh, let's throw this thing in. It just was very strange. Let's throw this, throw this parable thing in <laughs> and throw the Wizard of Oz in. Right. And for those who don't remember, then Rudolph leaves. Long story short, he gets, ends up in the clutches of the snowmen and then he's saved, which is just the part we skipped to earlier. And Yukon and 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 the fucked up dentist from hell. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Otherwise known. Where, what were you as a kid? We knew the song before we saw this movie. You know, we used to sing it in preschool. Like it just goes bananas like in the first 10 minutes of this movie it's like okay like he's got a shiny nose great and he goes to the reindeer games oh yep that's part of the song check and other reindeer making fun of him great part of the song it was like dentist elf and (laughs) dentist the monster and like dysfunctional toys including a gun that shoots jelly and what is happening and you can just take an iceberg back to where you came from and we just were like all right give it give it a minute let's see what happens right it's sort of like if you rewatch, and i'm sure we will on this podcast any quest type movie and the quest the quest objectives are always kind of questionable and it's you know i guess it's the journey guys it's not the destination that's actually part of this though is that there is no journey there's no MacGuffin there's no anything it's not we have to go get the scroll from the king of the ice right. monster like there's no purpose they're just I, need, I don't need around. to visit the wizard I need I don't need to go to Mordor Mordor like it's it's I know it's there's not really a quest we don't like the people we live with so we're just gonna wander around the arctic and try not to die like that's kind of what they're doing I mean, I guess that would be like a great synopsis of this movie, like a fucked up synopsis is we're going to wander around the Arctic and try not to die. And, yeah. and we're going to bring a dentist along. <laughs> and Santa's oh. kind of a dick. And Santa's kind of a dick. I mean, I guess that's the headline. Santa's kind of a dick. You could pretty yeah. much rename the movie. One other like bizarre plot twist that um, this is the one that impacted my kids the most. So once Yukon and, and Herbie wake up and they read out, realize Rudolph is gone. And I, I guess, you know, then they go after him to try to find him yada 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 honestly i'm getting this confused in my head but at some point in the scuffle with the abominable snowman yukon just falls off a fucking cliff yeah and i'm like oh my god did they this movie is so so dark did they just kill the one character that's amazing? your favorite character and my, my daughter turned around she actually turned around and looked at me she was like what i don't <laughs> get it why would they do that and then they're just like, oh, well, he died. Let's move on. Like, I mean, We need to get the women back to Christmas yeah. town. Oh, well, Yukon was nice, but it's oh. Christmas Eve. We don't care. Yeah. I mean, spoiler alert, he didn't die and he comes back. But but for like a whole five minutes, I was like, I cannot believe they killed off his character in a kid's Yeah, all those little reindeer heads go down in the morning. Like, they just look so sad. Oh man! Yeah, and it only lasts for a moment, and then all of a sudden they show back up at Christmas Town, and they got the Bumble Snow Monster asking for a job, and suddenly he's decorating the tree all over the place. So like, everyone's happy. Works yeah. out. Then there's a cheerful song. You kind of just erase the whole trauma of watching the characters die pretty immediately. 
I have to say, even as an adult, I was like, thank God he's back. Because he was. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You're like, I heart Yukon. I know. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't a lot to grab onto. You've got a thing for guys with curly red hair. Jeff. I guess I do. And just for folks, uh, I also have curly red hair. I guess I'm I'm a secret Yukon Cornelius. Um. <laughs> you two go tramping around the Arctic together. I, I like related to the, you know, I guess the guy we described as like creepy dude with the van more than anybody else. <laughs> He's not creepy. It's just He's like, creepy. you wouldn't trust him as an adult to like be looking after your. No, no way. Like, house. I don't even think he could like house it for your house like oh god he'd kill your plants like yeah he's he yukon cornelius is like the black sheep of every family not a responsible adult he's your weird uncle all right so i think i think we've talked about this as much as we can sure all right so so just to recap for folks we rate on a score of one to ten although i feel like we might need to add zero uh maybe (laughs) um one being garbage 10 being princess bride level uh, and first, what we'll do, the rating is, did it live up to you as an adult? So what do you think, Treat? What do you think? One to 10. This is hard because in my memory, as an adult, this was going to be a lot worse than I actually thought it was. Like, I remembered it being incredibly sexist. Yeah. I remember it being like a weird acid trip with no logical plot lines. But rewatching it, there's parts of it I actually found a little endearing. Um, so I think I would give this a four as an adult. Four yeah. as an adult. The nose sound is incredibly annoying. If you watch the unedited version, there's some incredibly sexist, stupid comments in it. And it makes no sense at all. Like, there's no logic to this movie whatsoever. But I'll say it again. It's heart is in the right place. Okay. So four. That's where I'm. I'm going with this. Four. So you, as a first-time viewer, what was your take as an adult? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I so I wrote down a three. So we're not too far off. Um, okay. You know, I I gave it one point for the production quality. Thought it was pretty decent. One point for almost being camp but like not quite sort of missing the camp mark and, and just number three for, you know, Yukon Cornelius. I mean, essentially. Um, so <laughs> he was worth a whole point. I, I won't tell your wife about your, <laughs> your thing with Yukon. <laughs> um, yeah. So it wasn't a zero, but I was like, is this show, is this halfway through the movie? I'm like, I might have to rate this a zero, you know, for those with kids and maybe want to watch it, you know, or just want to watch it as an adult again. You know, it's only 50 minutes. It's short. We can include that in the score. So that's, so you get, you had a four. I had a three. Yeah. So those are our adult scores. Adult scores. So it's a total of seven. And just for just a quick comparison, you and I each respectively rated an eight and seven for uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So, you know, yeah. a 15 for Who, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, a seven for this. Not great because it's like a seven no. out of 20. But mm-hmm. um, all right. So the next one, again, same scoring of, you know, one is garbage, 10 is Princess Bride. What do you think? Living up for kids. So or, or intended uh, audience, which are yeah, the target kids. audience of kids. I think kids today are more savvy than I was back in the 80s, way back when. Um, I'm gonna give it a six. A six. I think 
maybe adults need to watch this with them and just say i just hey. want to say for reference you gave yeah. who framed roger rabbit a five for the Ooh, for kids for kids can't change that score you don't have to you don't have to like you know what i'm this. gonna stand by the, i'm gonna stand by my six i'm gonna stand by um, your six all right i think for kids this movie just indulges a lot of randomness and doesn't adhere to the structure that adults want to see in their stories yeah whereas kids are just like yeah whatever they can just wander around that's fine like we don't need a point to any of this it's still whimsical in its own way so i'm giving it a six you're giving it a six yeah so this exercise definitely made me feel like i rated who framed roger rabbit way too harshly so i gave who framed roger rabbit a two for kids which is (laughs) so fucking harsh because by the way guys go listen to that episode because that is a good movie. <laughs> and I I wrote down a three for this, which is actually one point more than Roger oh. Rabbit. But but you know, I give it I give it points for you know, I do give it points for whimsy, that that older quality. I think at least my kids, um, and I think others too, they like the 1960s animation. There's the yeah. there's this there's this simplicity to it that doesn't have a lot of bells and whistles that they kind of like um it's a little quieter i don't know they like it. i mean part of the, the reason why i gave it a three is i gave it points for just being short i mean it's under an hour it's fine it's painless it's not it's it's basically just two episodes barely of something yeah and i i guess i gave it just one extra point for the fact that it's familiar so i agree with you there i think the familiarity the song even if the songs are dumb, they sort of all sound like the reindeer song that everybody knows. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of like a get in this. Now that I'm like, I'm almost going to talk myself into a four, I swear to God. But ooh, <laughs> I think ooh. there's something about getting into the spirit of all the holidays. Give it, give it a four for UConn, Jess. Should I get four for My UConn. kids didn't give a shit about UConn. Hashtag four for UConn. <laughs> Uh, now I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna just stick with my three, but I don't know. Maybe I should give it a three point five. You should. If I'm gonna. We're gonna oh, do point fives now. Yeah. Three and a half. See what you did to me. Ooh. <laughs> it's well, a Christmas miracle. Christmas miracle. So that's a total of nine and a half, which is a lot higher than Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So I almost we're gonna have to redo that one, regardless of score. I think we each kind of decide for ourselves whether it actually just overall lives up and there's all sorts of criteria you know i think my criteria is like do you want to just watch this movie again um and so it's just a yay or nay we both have to yay it for us to declare it living up so what do you got for me treat living up oh i want to add the context this movie reminds me of going to las vegas where initially i was where did that come from well no here, because it's a roller coaster of like you go there and you're just like, oh wow, this is crazy, and then you get a little bit disgusted by it, but then ultimately you come back and you're just like, wow, you know, like somebody made all of this, and that's very impressive. They worked really hard on it. Weird way, yeah. That's kind of where my brain is with this movie. That it, it's a roller coaster of amazement and disgust and. Yeah, there's nostalgia mixed in and just so I love many, that you just related so many feelings. Kids Christmas movie to the experience Las of Las Vegas. That's <laughs> pretty ridiculous. <laughs> Funny. You know, it's, it's shiny and blinky and it makes no sense at all. <laughs> it's so good. Shiny and blinky. It makes no sense. Oh man. All um, right. So I mean there that's your case four. I mean, I guess your case again. I don't know. Are you gonna watch this movie again? What's 
I what's, never what's the burden? I mean, this movie is just really irritating to watch as an adult. So, but there is a nostalgia factor there. I'm very torn here. I think I think I need you to step in. I'm All right, I'm stepping so, in. Guys. I'm compared to Las Vegas, I can't come up with a clear good or bad here. Yeah, so it was hard. I feel like my judgment of it is almost unfair because I don't have the, as much of a nostalgia for it. It's a no for me. It it's just not that enjoyable. I mean, I know I scored it higher. I don't know. It just doesn't do it. I mean, I guess you know, if you want to get drunk and have a good laugh at a fucked up dentist in a Christmas movie, then this is this is the movie for you. <laughs> I'm gonna get All right, here, here's where I'm landing. Hearing your answer, if okay. All of the cultural context and all of the nostalgia out. If nobody had ever seen this movie before and it just showed up out of nowhere today, no, it does not live up. Right. You'd, that's that's like, where it'd I be like watching the room. You'd just be like, what is this thing? Like what happened? Yeah, it it could not show up today with no context and be a good movie. It is not at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And I'm I'm just raining on your nostalgia parade. Yeah. Um, just I a think huge I am bitch, No, right? I think I am too. Like I think the nostalgia. You're raining on your own parade in Las Vegas. <laughs> it's raining in Las Vegas, folks. It's raining in Las Vegas. It is. I mean, you could still deem it a yay for you, but it's a nay for me. No, so I, I could live the rest of my life and never watch this movie again and be perfectly content. So, all right. So it sounds like this does not live up. It does not live up. I'm, there it I'm, is. Uh, there, it is. there it is. You you brought down the hammer. I'm sorry. Uh, you know, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer from 1964. We have officially deemed you as not living up. Others listening to this podcast, if you don't agree with us, or even if you do, just let us know. I kind of am really curious to know the level of agreement among people who may feel differently um, about this movie or any other movie. So you could find us at live up pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So give us a, give us a note, drop us a note there or at uh, liveuppod at gmail.com. You could also shoot us a note if email is your thing, but I definitely want to know. We, we both want to know maybe at some point we'll have to go back and revisit based on comments. Cause I think this one might be a controversial. <laughs> Who knows? All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Amanda Treat. I'm Jess Latterman. And this is Live Up. Or 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 didn't live up. <laughs> all right. Thank you all.